type thing, I think. Yeah, um, Kaito is very much into strength. He, he believes only the strong shall survive, so that's kind of his whole character. So that's why he's more of a gruff type of person. Later on, uh, Mai lets uh, Koda know that Yuya, uh, from the first episode, the original leader, well, not the original, but the person who became the leader of Team Gaim after uh, Kota left, is still missing um, after he was supposedly getting a warring driver in the first episode. They, they meet up and talk, and they go to Sid, who's the lock dealer. He's the guy who sells all these kids all their locks and stuff so they can keep playing the uh, invest game. And he's like, well, the belt I gave you, uh, it's, it's very important to use to help Team Gaim. He's very, he's very shady. He's not like what I would call a benevolent-like guide. He, he seems to have his own agenda, but I've seen later episodes, so we'll find out if he's a good guy or a bad guy. We'll just have to see how it goes. But then he's, like, trying to keep his business going, so he gives my uh, pretty decent lock seed to use later on in battles. Then we get the whole thing with that uh, Team Baron is at Team Gaim's garage, and they're, like, wanting to get their player pass. So they can't dance if they win! You gotta fucking dance, man. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. Dance, dance to the song we're playing on the radio. That's what it's all about. Uh, Team Baron has a pineapple lock seed, and they're like, if you win, you get the pineapple lock seed. If we win, we get your player pass, and we take your stage. So, there you have that, and Koda is, like, right there on time, you know, and he's like, I'll set the challenge, and I will friggin', you know, be the guy who helps fights, you know, and they, they go to the stage and everything. Same asshole with a slingshot earlier interrupts the, uh, uh, the fight, and it knocks the Loxied away from, uh, Koda, and causes the invest to actually come into real life. Beforehand, this was kind of a virtual reality game. Now the monster's actually running around like a fucking asshole and, like, trying to mess stuff up. Uh, Kota kind of gets, like, you know, the, the power of hero and realizes what he's got to do, and he transforms into a uh, common order guy to fight him. The invest eats uh, a lock seed, however, the uh, Ichigo lock seed, and it turns into a CGI monster. <laughs> <laughs> And he's all angry and trying to, like, you know, destroy things and whatnot. He goes to uh, attack uh, Kaido. And then Kota turns his orange sparking power on. This is a new power he has. It, it changes over the series. It is a different ability. But for this time, it's his head spinning around and kind of being a shield. So the Invest can't attack him. And he tells uh, Kaido that since they won, technically, give him the Pineapple Lock Seed. And he uses it, and he gets a new power. Pineapple arms! Pulverize and destroy! <laughs> Which was really funny. Um, using the new lock seed, Kota is able to use his pineapple... Uh, pineapple scotch! <laughs> it's like a pineapple mace, where he's like smacking the shit out of the thing with it. And then, yeah, then uh, the last uh, attack is basically a, a soccer kick with the pineapple mace. Destroys the invest, and, like... Well, I, I, I don't know I don't know a hell of a lot about Kamen Rider, but I would suspect that that is a callback to the famous Kamen Rider kick, whatever the hell that's called. So that that's what I thought of when I saw that, because he did... 
I think that's their signature move, you know, the the kick. So yeah, the Lida kick. Yeah, that that actually was in Japan, not just the USA. Yeah, so uh, Kaito uh, is not really happy what he just saw because he's like, okay, I believe in strength, and this guy seems pretty strong. And meanwhile, at the uh, Yggdrasil Corporation, which was actually taken from Norse mythology, which is really funny, Yggdrasil, the world tree, which is an interesting thing we'll talk about here, the administrator, Kurishima, has been told of the appearance of Amargrader Guy. And that pretty much wraps up the second episode, Deadly Pineapple Kick. I thought this was really fun, really, you know good action uh, the beginning with like him annoying his sister really funny good stuff and you get more of uh, the mystery of where Yuya went and we also get uh, a little more insight into um, you know the, the, the Baron's leader Kaito so what do you guys think? I think Yon should tell us why he, he was so excited why he he squeed like a fangirl when he watched this episode <laughs> yeah uh, as soon as I saw Akira I started freaking out thinking wait where do I know this girl from and as soon as I f- Looked her up, I realized, yeah, it was Rika Zumi who played uh, Sailor Mercury and Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. Yay! Yeah, Akira is uh, Kota's sister. That's the one who was getting annoyed at him, so yeah. But what, was it Was it a fun episode for you guys? Is it keeping up the energy and uh, keeping you interested? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I just started thinking at the start of the episode, this is all Kota and his special effects and his own sound effects. Lock on. I think it's it's probably a I don't want to call it a realistic portrayal, but but it's it's kind of a a given portrayal. If if any fanboy got a hold of some kind of technology like this Lockseed, the the kind of fascination with wait, you mean I can turn into a superhero? Like okay, let me turn it on again, and let me turn it off again. Let me you know he's just into it, and he's in he's going to sleep in the fucking orange arms armor. You know there's there's that great scene where he's basically trying to come up with his signature Japanese pose yeah, and doing all this goofy-ass shit yeah. where he's, he's falling on his ass on the bed and, and trying to come up with, you know, the one great pose, you know, and he's like, no, 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 I can't do this, and he's trying to, like, do all these kind of weird kind of contorted poses and stuff, and so, all, you know, all that stuff is is quite amusing, I mean, and, and in a good way, you know, it's like one of those things where you're kind of laughing at yourself, not not someone else laughing at you necessarily, but, but you're kind of, you know, you can laugh at yourself going, Oh yeah, I'd totally be into that too. You know, like I, I, I could see myself, you know, being a goofball and trying to come up with just the right move, you know, on the bed or or whatever it is, you know, that he's trying to come up with. So, I mean, that, that part of it was super enjoyable. I mean, obviously they're, they're setting up the leader of team Baron as a potential rival for Kota. You know, you, you get the idea you know, not to not to spoil too much, but obviously the next episode tag spoil it a little bit. But you're kind of like thinking to yourself, if this guy ever got a hold of a common rider armor, then he'd be a serious force to be reckoned with. And the thing that's interesting about his character is obviously he cares about the dancing just as much as Team Gaim, but 
he he seems to not be aware of the fact that his lieutenants are you know shady little assholes. Like I I think you know he he legitimately believes in strength, but when he finds out that. The, his lieutenant was doing the little slingshot move where he was basically sabotaging their matches, then it kind of invalidates his own strength because he, he kind of figures he's been winning these matches on his own. Yeah. On it. Yeah. Like that, that he, he was responsible for it, but now to him, it's kind of clearly pointed out like he, he didn't win these matches of his own accord. And that's why he gives up the pineapple lock seed. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I really liked about this was like, we also got a little bit. It's not deep, but it's definitely a, a nice little curveball. Like the Envests in the first episode were just like these little creatures, and yeah, they were in the forest world. But if shit goes wrong during a Envest battle, like you know, in the ring, and the ring is like disrupted, they become real and can fuck with us in the real world. And that that does play up a lot more later on. I won't give any spoilers, but that gives you like an insight, especially when they eat a lock seed and they turn into like you know, like I said, giant CGI critters that could really mess up stuff. You know. Well, yeah, the, the scale. I don't, I don't know if we've elaborated on the scale, but you know, the regular invest creatures are like these little tiny, cute Pokemon things. And when he originally comes out and says, "Hey, I'm going to turn into Orange Arms and I'm going to be the champion in this fight," he's fighting these three critters because even though yeah, he's, I guess, he's beating up midgets, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, even the, you know what what kind of cracked me up is even though what's the, what's his name, the leader of Team Baron, Kaito. Kaito, even though Kaito believes in, in strength and everything, I, I think it's kind of funny that he'll bust out three lock seeds at the same time. <laughs> like, there's that opening scene where these other kind of upstart wannabes, I forget what dance crew they're with, but they're like, we, we want to fucking use the stage. And they come out and they're like, I'll challenge your ass. Like, I'll totally challenge you. And this was, is where you see... Ride the, wild, right? Yeah, yeah. And this is where you see the first instance of his lieutenants kind of doing the cheat move, you know, where they, they, you know, try to screw over, you know, some other team or whatever and that kind of stuff. But I, I thought it was funny that basically this guy loses and I'm kind of like, well, you, you kind of think it's a foregone conclusion because it's one little tiny invest Pokemon critter against three of them. And the three guys like team up and take the guy's wallet, you know, and it's yeah. like, well, how, how else would that fight end? You know, I mean, it's it's three against one. <laughs> but what's what's ironic about the, you know, the end fight is you're expecting something similar. But because Orange Arms comes out, he's a regular sized common Rider dude in this little sort of invest video game Pokemon match or whatever it is. And he basically, you can see they're all trying to gang up on him, but he's so big, he like beats them all up. But the problem is when one of them eats that lock seed, then they become this, you know, relatively ginormous creature. You know, it, it they basically go from being a tiny little Pokemon critter to, you know, the size of, uh, you know, a Wampa or a Rancor <laughs> yeah. or I don't know what, you know, like basically to give you some perspective, I mean, they they get much, much larger and it becomes a much more serious fight where, you know, you need to bust out with the pineapple mace and the rider kick and all these kind of super moves to take this creature down. So there, there's that element to it as well. I, I know the dance-off stuff is not everybody's favorite cup of tea, but I did find it kind of amusing that when they're dancing at the beginning and then the people that are coming there to watch them dance. I like that one scene with the girl who's like, 
Yeah, these guys are okay, but I missed when when Gaim had the stage because they danced better. And then and then and then the other guys like shut up, dude. And that, that you know that Kaido guy's right over there. Like, shh, be quiet. He's gonna kick our ass. You know, and stuff like that. So I I, I found I found some of that stuff amusing. Uh, one thing I, I would like to point out is uh, the DJ, who uh, he he busts in multiple times during the episode and. He, he he's basically tabulating like the because the whole the whole idea I think we mentioned this in the the previous episode is um, all these teams you know Team Gaim Team Baron you know Team Ride Wild and all this stuff they 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 are basically they do these invest battles for status for rankings and they want to get higher and higher and higher and it's really interesting because the DJ guy he seems really funny and kind of silly right now but he plays an interesting part and it's it's funny to see him now in these early episodes and i remember seeing him in these early episodes and then later on you're like huh well <laughs> you know so i i like i like how this series progresses and also gaim you know last episode he had trouble fighting one imbess you know he was kind of like you know struggling and stuff which is you know natural he just got his powers and stuff and this one, he's a lot more confident, and he's actually kind of learning his powers, which is always good when you're, like, watching your hero, like, kind of, uh, you know, evolve into someone more competent and stuff. Yeah, he's he's kind of finding his place in the world, because like you were describing earlier, he's trying to do all these different types of jobs, and, and he's trying to, I guess, use the armor to accentuate his prowess at those yeah, jobs. Yeah, he wants to be, he wants never, to be awesome. He's but, like, this is my brand new day. I'm different now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and but but it never really works out. It never fits. He he can't be a good delivery guy because he tries to jump into the little electric cart to deliver like pizza or food or whatever it is, and he's too big and he he turns it over and gets stuck. Or like he tries to help all the guys at the the construction crew with the paints, and he ends up leaping up there to deliver the paint. But when he leaps, he lands so hard that all these other poor guys nearly fall off the building site, and and then and then all this paint gets all over the guys that are on the bottom of the site so i mean you know and then and then i guess he is kind of hurt and taken aback by that situation where you know kaito gets the kid to come down the tree on his own because he's like well nobody really needs me you know nobody needs me to be a hero but when he sees all these people basically fleeing in terror from this huge giant cgi creature you know then then all of a sudden he sort of gets his it, you know, he discovers his place, you know, he he's kind of like, hey, you know, like all those other situations, I didn't fit in. But this situation, like I fit in, I can I can help solve this and help these people. And, and because these people are here and they need my help, you know, he, he sort of had a renewed, you know, vigor and interest. And, yeah. and you know, not, not to get yeah. too deep about it, but like, you know, he realized he was being selfish. He was like, I want to use my power to like do awesome at my jobs. And then he was like. You know, like I said, it's not incredibly deep. It's not like, you know, some kind of, like, incredible novel. But he's like, no, I should help people who are in trouble. That's what I'm good at with this power. I shouldn't just be doing it for myself. So, yeah, it was kind of like a, a learning experience, yeah. What do you guys think about the whole revelation that the belt is basically now catered to Kota's body? Like, because the, the, the guy you were talking about before, the lock dealer, Sid, like, when they, when they go to see him, one of the things he reveals to them is, because basically, at, at some point in the show, Kota's like, well, this is supposed to be for Team yeah, Dime. Yeah, like, it doesn't work. Here, 
you go mine, like you wear it. And she's like, it's not doing what it does for you, you know? And they're like, well, let's go talk to the lock dealer and find out what's up. And he's like, well, that's unfortunate that you're the first person who wore this because you're the only person who's going to be able to wear it from now on. So it's not as if, you know, you can, I guess you can't have another orange arms running around unless, you know, maybe something, you know, uh, some kind of, uh, you know, special, Common Rider screwy science happens later on in the show that I'm not privy to, but the way they at least set up the rules now, it's like, you know, basically Coates is the only person who can be orange arms from this point on. Well, what they do later on, and I won't, I won't spoil it too much, the lock seeds are, aren't really, well, they are important in a way, because later on we'll get to more improved lock seeds, but the lock seeds aren't really the main thing, it's the actual belt. Like you're saying, like Makota, he's got a belt now. When, as soon as he put the belt on, and he was the first person to put the belt on, no one else can wear that belt. Now, the lock seeds aren't as important, so I, I haven't gotten really far in the series. I'm, I'm up to episode 20. As far as I know, I can say this because it's not a spoiler. No one else turns into an Orange Arms common Rider. But the lock seeds aren't as specific as you may think as far as the lock seeds. The belts, though, as soon as you put a belt on, that's your belt. You cannot get, you cannot give it to somebody. You can't get rid of it. The only way you can become a common rider is if you get a belt and you have to put it on for the first time. So there, there is that. The, the lock seeds are kind of interchangeable. So, but, but that, that, that being told, though, is like you know, there, there's a, there's an interesting twist with Kota and how he got his warring driver. It's called Sengoku driver in Japan. But all in all, like I think, I think the big thing I, I took away from this episode is I like how they didn't ignore things. I like the fact that the dancing is still really important now. You know, it's like I, I, I'm not a big fan of the dancing thing, I, I'll admit. But at the same time, it's really important to Mai. And since Mai is important to Coda, like, you know, he wants to help her, and he wants to help his friends, it's like, okay, I don't mind that. And also, as we get later in the series, again, no spoilers, but uh, Yggdrasil, the huge corporation, like you couldn't tell from the first episode. I mean, this episode just helps build up more. There's something kind of creepy and weird going on with Yggdrasil, so we'll, you know, go deeper into that as the series goes along. And, you know, it's just, it's it's doing a really good job of building the story, and I really like that. I like it when, you know, unlike Power Rangers, which I, I still love, and even fucking Master Rider, <laughs> they, they, they had a lot of one-off episodes, whereas, like, Beat the Monster of the Week, even this, even though it's not continued, and they actually they actually keep that up very well. This is not one of those things like the Sentai show we do, where it's like two-parters and stuff. It's pretty much self-contained episodes, but it's not Monster of the Week. It's an anthology where it builds on the story, and I really I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Yeah, so. yeah. It just it seems uh, really fun, and yeah, I'm I'm, I'm digging. It. I, I've never been a big Common Rider fan. I thought it was that's that's interesting because the the thing I was noticing was in addition to yourself like uh, you know this may or may not date the show by the time it airs but I, I was listening to one of the recent action figure blues podcasts and they mainly discuss toys and everything and one of the things that came up was I guess the one of the the hosts on that show was getting into Tokuger. And I guess maybe due to like his listening to different Sentai podcasts, but I guess based on that, since the Tokuger guys appeared in one of these Gaim films, 
he was basically watching that and he was like, I really like this guy, Orange Arms and everything. And he watched a couple episodes of Gaim like yourself. And obviously like yourself, he's kind of hooked on it. And he's like, oh, I got to gotta tell my wife I want to spend 40 bucks on this this Kamen Rider Orange figure, you know, and stuff like that. And so I, I immediately thought of you because I was like, oh, hey, yeah. And then, of course, now we're discussing it and lamenting it as well because, of course, the figure arts are imports and expensive as as is but then you know once they sort of sell out and everything you know we're sitting there looking at amazon now where they're you know 80 dollar figures and stuff like that but you know obviously there is there does seem to be this this fascination and enthusiasm with the latest series from people who might not normally check it out so even if you don't think common writers your thing you know you you, you may want to be a, a sheep and join the crowd you know <laughs> come along with the herd and and check out what all this you know fruit-based common writer you know awesomeness is all about you know one of us one of us <laughs> yeah I, I i mean i think the the simplest way i could try to sell it on anybody who's in a big common writer fan is i'm not a big common writer fan and I got into this, and I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I, I, I plowed through 20 episodes in two weeks, and they, they're about 30 minutes long. I mean, 22 minutes without commercials, but I, I got invested. I was like, this is really fun stuff, and it gets a little bit darker later on, but we won't spoil that, but it still remains fun, and that's what I like. I like a show that when I watch, I'm I'm entertained. I mean, it sounds really simple, but I think if you watch Common Rider, Time you'll be entertained, you know. I, I can't put it more more simply than that. Lock on. Lock on. So let's let's do like not a rating, but uh. So, so if you if you watch Comrade Guy episode one and you're on episode two, I, I'm I, I stuck with it obviously, but you guys gonna stick with it too? Oh yeah, I I, I give episode one five pineapples. <laughs> I give I give episode two four and a half pineapples. I needed a little more of of my as the mysterious hottie blonde girl, <laughs> and that's why it loses a half a pineapple. Thank you. Understood. How about how about you, Jan? <laughs> how many pineapples do you give this one? Yeah, I think I'll give this one the same four and a half pineapples out of five. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'll stick with the uh, the uh, contingent just because it wasn't a bad episode, but it was a building episode, and yeah, you know, it was like second episodes are not usually as impactful as the first, but still, yeah, solid four and a half pineapples. I, I agree. <laughs> cool. Oh, awesome. Well, I do appreciate everybody listening to the uh, Toku Thursdays podcast we do for the Fan Holes podcast. And we will be doing more, Guy. Like I said, I've watched already 20 episodes, so hopefully, as long as there's interest, we'll keep doing them. On the other hand, I do appreciate my fellow fan holes and honorary fan hole for joining me here and talking about a show I'm really digging right now. So until the next Toku Thursdays, this is Tony Chaniclaw. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC, Orange Slices of Justice, and Four and a Half Pineapples. Sign it off. And this is Jan Airhammer. Looking forward to the strawberry. <laughs> and remember, orange blossoms to the stage! <laughs> Alright, guys. Peace!
the only bad thing about those early episodes you guys are watching is there's like way too much like ziggity zell like breakdancing. I'm just like, okay, come on and fight. Like, enough of this. But it, later on, it's, there's like way less of it. Less less electric boogaloo mm-hmm. part two. More electric boogaloo part three, which never happened. Oh, see, it'd be electric jubilee part. It'd be part three, electric jubilee. See, now you're gonna get me all like wanting to like buy Racer X like Cyclops again. I want to buy Racer X Cyclops. He looks sweet. He does. 